Oh, he, book of Hebrews. If you're going to do two books, you're going to know them in the Bible. Know the book of Hebrews. Know the book of Romans. Well, they better know the book of Galatians. It wouldn't be a bad idea to know all of them. But uh, you really need to know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Also, okay, you got to know them all. But if you're going to know the first few to know, of course, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you want to master. You want to really want to master those books because that's about Jesus. It's his birth, his life, his death. And then in, and we, we, did the, we did the first verse here. We're really burning our way through this book, Phenomena. Um, in Hebrews here, the first verse talks really about uh, God as a communicator. So the nature of God to communicate, to talk. He has no problem talking and communicating. <clears throat> and really, he's communicating to us everywhere we look. Amen? Everywhere you look, God's talking. People say, God, don't talk. God, don't talk to me. I say, are you kidding? He's screaming. When you hear that, when you hear that mockingbird saying, who do you think taught him that? Who, who, who taught him that melody? When you see a uh, peacock fan that beautiful tail out, who, who do you think did that? I'll tell you what, it wasn't Darwin. Uh, they're in. The, you got. You got to have about this much faith to believe evolution, brother. The fact is that somebody created that, and we believe it to be Jehovah God. Actually, we believe more specifically that to be Jesus Christ. He is the Creator of all things. Now, that's a revelation of the New Testament, not the Old Testament. The Old Testament just uses a general word, El, God created the heavens and the earth, but. Uh, in the New Testament, it specifically goes in Colossians and some other places that it was Jesus that did that. God the Father created the worlds through Jesus and his Son. And he's given him all power. I like that, don't you? All power is given to me in heaven and earth. That's what it says in Matthew 28, 18. And so if all power is given to him, how much power is given to him? That's a hard question, huh? All. All means all. So we're, we're excited. I'm, I'm excited this morning that, that God has things under control. <clears throat> Even though we're living in kind of, this reminds me a little bit of the 60s, the late 60s when they burnt Detroit down. They burnt Detroit down. They burnt the worst part of the city down, which wasn't a bad idea, by the way. It needed to be burnt and replaced anyway. And some of the, maybe that's what they're doing now. I don't know what's going on, but they'll burn their own neighborhoods, burn their own neighborhood. <clears throat> and then, uh, but we we uh, want to pray for our country because uh, this. But this is not the first time we've had this kind of civil unrest. In the '60s, I thought this whole thing was going to tear itself apart during the Vietnam War, uh, but we healed on that, and I believe by the grace of God we can heal on this. I'm going to pray that God lets us take the House back, the Senate, and the presidency, and then we will. Uh, have some more riots. There'll be some more riots, more tire burning. Then they'll settle down and find out how good it is when conservative people run the show. And they're going to eventually figure that out if we stay in, if we stay in control, as God has mercy and we and we eliminate abortion being legal. Well, then God's hand of blessing can be back upon us. Really, we're being chastised because of a lot of what we've been going on. So, what we see here is God's a communicator. He's talking to us everywhere, by every every direction. And then 
we come into the uh, verses 1 and 2 of this chapter 1 because it's talking about Jesus, who is he? And it's called the seven attributes, the seven attributes of God. The second attributes here of Jesus Christ, not God, specifically the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the best communication to us of all, in the, of all the communication that God has done. And God has done lots of different communication. He talks to you through the Holy Spirit. He talks to you through what you see, feel, taste. And he talks to you through his son. The, his best communicator is his son. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, uh, who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. These are the seven attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, notice uh, in his son, the word by there, and I told you last week about the two Greek words translated by one English word, by. There's two Greek words actually that, that uh, are sometimes, one of them, dia, means through. That's translated by our word by. And then another word in Greek, in, that is translated by our word in, or by our word by also but it can mean in. So it's, it's a slight difference. Uh, actually, he, he, he spoke in his son, and he created the worlds through him. And so that's kind of a little insight into that verse here. And verse 3, we again, by or through him, by or through the word of his power is where that word occurs there. So let's go to the next one here. And verses 2 and 3 are called the seven attributes of Christ, sometimes called... Uh, seven actions of Christ, seven offices of Christ. Uh, listen to John's description of Jesus. Many of you have heard this before. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That goes all the way back to Revelation chapter 19. He is called, when he comes back a second time, he is called the Word of God. That's one of the names for the Lord Jesus. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by that word there, and Greek means dia, through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So we see that there's no room for evolution in the Bible. I hope you got that good. Man, do not give any sympathy at all. See, don't you think being sympathetic to wrong is wrong? Being sympathetic to wrong is wrong. Make sense to you. When people come up to me sometimes, professing Christian folks, and say, well, you know, evolution could be true. I mean, you're giving sympathy to a false lie and a direct contradiction of the Bible. Look, it's either this way. The Bible's true or they're true. But both cannot be true. And I know people love to kind of compromise things together, kind of gel them all. Oh, well, you know, let bygones be bygones. We'll put it. No. No. At Gospel Baptist, we do not teach evolution and creation parallel. It would be anathema for us to do that. It would be, we would be undoing our very, uh, our very heritage and call if we did that. We teach as creation is the, is the truth about the way that everything came about, and evolution is a lie, straight up and down. And we don't, these kids from 
my, my three grandchildren all went through gospel Baptist and graduated, and every one of them had been taught from a small child, like Timothy, from a small child, been taught that evolution is a lie. It's been taught the Bible is true and evolution is a lie. All of those public school kids out there, and in Lee County alone, I think there's 58,000 public school kids. Uh, they've been taught from a little child that evolution is true and the Bible is a myth. You want to know why we're having a harder time reaching the young people than we used to? Because when in the 50s and 60s, a lot of our, a lot of our uh, secular children were still taught that creation could be true. They were still taught that in public system. I had Christian, born again like you are, believer teachers, first grade, third grade. They would pray with us, teach us the books of Psalms. They had freedom to do that, obviously, your teachers too. And, and they would teach us to memorize Scripture, teach us to memorize the Ten Commandments, and they would teach God created everything. So if you want to know why there's been a little bit of difference, why that, why that board there gets harder and harder to see young people come in, parents allowing young people, it's because they're being inundated from day one but basically, the Bible's not credible, and what we believe is not credible. And so we bring them here. We start teaching them the Bible's the truth. The Bible's the Word of God. The Bible's inspired. The Bible's forever recorded in heaven. And they go, whoa, the reaction. Maybe they, maybe they start taking materials back home because we, one of the things we do is we put materials in the hands of the kids to go to the parents. And so the materials go back home, and the parents are like, well, what's this stuff? What's this stuff? Well, you, you, are they teaching you this? And it contradicts their teaching. That's why the devil worked so hard to take over the public schools. It made perfect sense to me in 1968 when he kicked out prayer. He knew he had to get prayer, as much God as possible, out of our system called the public system, public, teach, public school, because of what it contradicted of his, his game plan. And so, um, but the word, you're not going to overcome God. He's still, you haven't silenced him just because you've, Maybe silence the public school witness uh, in a great degree, though not totally. So the word, the communicator of God, the expression of God, the very thoughts of God, the idea or essence. What is a word? What's a word? Lots of languages, right? If I got it right, there's 1,260 languages in the world, or is there 2,400? It's one or the other. It's either 1,200 or 2,400. Hmm, good question. There's a lot of languages, a lot of dialects, a lot of mother tongues out there. So people will have a word for something, and it won't mean anything to you because it's another language, right? But it'll mean something to them. It carries a meaning. The word of God, Jesus Christ, is God's, the Father's expression of who I am. You want to see me? You look at Jesus. You want to hear me? You listen to Jesus. Uh, you want to know my thoughts? We have the mind of Christ, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit. So that's where we find out about the creators through the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything focuses on him. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. And so John and Hebrews both describe Jesus as God manifest in the flesh. Flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16 also says, For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Uh, God And that word theos was manifest in the flesh, so I'm not going to go over the deity of Christ here, but the Bible's real replete with verses about the deity of Christ. There's no iffy about it. There's no 
well, maybe he's God, maybe he's not. It's, if it, it's so clear by not only what he said, but what others said about him, that it can be no other way. That's one of the foundational doctrines of the Bible. Uh, Jesus Christ is not, a, he's not just a good man. He's not just a prophet. He's not, he's, not, he's not just somebody that God's hand was on. He's not definitely not an angel, which we're going to see, of course, in the first two chapters here of Hebrews. He was God manifest in the flesh. If you want to see God, you've got to look at Jesus. And uh, Jesus said, of course, you know this to Philip, have I been so long with you and you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then that show us the Father? Seven attributes. Okay, here we go. What are those seven attributes? Number one is the heir of all things. Number two, well, let me, let me, I guess we're going we're gonna to stay here. <laughs> He's the heir of all things. What's that mean? He owns it all. All the stars are his. The planets are his. The earth and all the fullness thereof are his. All authority is his. And Jesus said, as I recorded you, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. That's so that you can see I'm not making that up, right? Uh, also, we see in Psalm 8 and Psalm 19, I memorized both those Psalms. <clears throat> Oftentimes, we would quote them. And, and if you don't quote them on a regular basis, I lose them, word perfect. But I try to get them word perfect. And those are blessings to quote both of those Psalms. Um, if you want to have something memorized, those are great memory places. Whom also, and the second thing we see in, in his attribute is he's, he's also he that made the worlds. Uh, and for by him, and, and I, I, I specifically put this in parentheses, what the, which one the Greek word was, though so you don't have to have it. It just gives you a little encouragement. For in him or by him were all things created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. There will be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by or through him and for him. And he is before all things, and by that word in the Greek, in him, all things consist. So it's not just Jesus is not just like an angel that is a messenger for God or just something that God uses. That would be like the dia that threw him. But he is actually possessor of God. He is God manifest in the flesh. So it was, it was in him all things consist. The illustration about the atom, uh, protons, neutrons, and what's the third thing? They, according to what I've read about that, they have, there's, is, there, is there power? In an atom. Ooh, I guess so. Can you see it? No. So there is, is there a lot of power? There evidently is a whole bunch of power. And what, according to what I've read, those things, those are opposing powers that spin around, you know, and I'm not sure they've ever seen all of this, but this is in the theory of it. They spin around each other and everything. And what did they do when they created the atomic bomb is they figured out a way to bombard that atom and release that little atom, that little atom. Whatever power it contained, they released it. And then the next atom and the next atom and the next atom. It's a chain reaction. 
So they shoot this material with a radio, some sort of radioactivity, and they shoot it, and they bombard it, and it breaks these atoms up, and these atoms go, what do they do? They create a new sun, a, a little bitty sun. For a moment, they create a white, hot sun. And you've seen the explosions. That's what it is. It's a white, hot sun. And that creates, of course, disturbance in the heat, thermal, and it creates the power and, and destructive power, at least. Now, they've used and harnessed that atom to make electricity. I don't think, in, I don't think here we have atomic, atomic power electricity. I think here we have oil. I think oil powers our electricity here in, in our area. We do not have a, atomic power. But when I lived in Greenville, the Kiwi Toxway reactor up there had three nuclear reactors. I got to work in those reactors as they were making them. And we laid carpet in the control room. I've been in the control room of a nuclear reactor. Boy, it's a neat deal. I mean, it looks like outer space. And they got all these safety features. And if this gets hot, because they don't want to let that thing, it's a controlled reaction. And that when that, you want to make sure you keep it dampened so that don't thing don't burn a big old and kind of have a little nuclear bomb there. And that's what happened at Chernobyl. It got out of control, created a little nuclear bomb. And then all that waste material, which was highly radioactive, 100,000-year half-life, landed like dust all around that old... That was a beautiful area, that Chernobyl area. was a resort area. And now you've seen pictures of it, movies of it. It's just like people like left their stuff laying right there and left. You go in those houses, it's eerie. People are going back there now looking at it. The radioactivity, is, I guess it's getting buried or something. Anyway, so... So that's, uh, that's the power when it says, in him all things consist. Jesus Christ holds the power that is contained in those things that we cannot see. What's going to happen at the end of the, He flooded the earth once when it got so evil, didn't he? He flooded it and killed everything. I just reread that whole flood deal, and it's powerful. You reread that, you reread that flood thing. It's powerful how he caused that whole thing to, Fountains of the deep broke up, created all kinds, and everything died. And he repented and he made man because he turned out so evil and so violent. And there weren't too many believers, were there? Like eight? Eight believers? That's, that's, that's skinny. That's real skinny. Um, and so here, it looks like the world's getting evil again. It's progressively getting more evil. Not that the evil's new, there's just more of it. There's not new evil being created. The evil's there. It's just being more of it. And so at a certain point, we don't know where that's at. It's called the invisible line where, some, where, where man will cross that invisible line of tolerance that God has placed. And the Bible says ultimately he's going to destroy this whole thing, not by water now, but by fire. Well, how's that going to happen is when Jesus goes like this to everything, H2O, hydrogen, oxygen, highly flammable, put together. Release them, and it can be highly flammable. Yesterday, they shot a rocket into space. I prayed for those guys, by the way. I watched that live, and I was praying for those two boys sitting on top of that. I, You know, sometimes we go door-to-door, to door, and you think maybe you're risking yourself somewhat going door-to-door. Door. Maybe a dog will come out and bite you. Or maybe, maybe you'll be spoken bad uh, uh, in, at a door. Oh, maybe. Worst-case scenario, some guy will come out there and want to fight you. 
but in all the years we've done visitation, we've never really had anything, but we've had one person bitten by a dog, one. The rest, we've had no incident otherwise, other than people throwing you off the property, cussing you out, once in a rare while. But a lot of people come and say, man, that door to door, that's a scary thing. And I thought to myself, <clears throat> there's two guys, <clears throat> they're probably married with children and everything, sitting on top of this fuel. And they're willing to risk everything. For what? For some earthly deal. And I thought, shame on me if I'm not willing to risk myself for Jesus, which is not just an earthly thing. It's eternal. God forbid that we ain't willing to risk ourselves for the, get on top of the rocket. That would be a good sermon title. Get on top of the rocket. They were sitting there. They had pictures of them in there. They were a little nervous. I said, I talked to my wife. I said, I'd be a little nervous too. I'd be, I'd be a little nervous. They're getting ready to light this thing, you know. God had mercy on them. So far, they're still alive at least. So if evolution is true, the Bible is not true. I think I preached on that enough. Just don't, uh, everything, uh, this is a quote, by the way. Everything is a thought of the infinite God. In studying the movements of the solar system or the composition of an ultimate cell rested in crystal, developed in a plant, in tracing grains of phosphorus in the brain of man or in the powers and actions thereof, I am studying the thought of an infinite God. Yeah, there, this, this man over here is a veterinarian, does surgery on animals, and has had to, had to be a, basically a scientist to be a medical doctor. And it, when you studied all that, all you studied was God. That was God's stuff. Now, he's seen the magnificence of animals, their ability to be durable, and yet they're tender. They're very tender, yet they're very durable. Life is weird, isn't it? It can be lost, like, and yet it, it'll overcome all kinds of resistance to take it. And yet when it's ready to go, boom, you're gone. It's like, it's like tender and tough, strength and beauty. God has the ability to have strength and beauty put in the same thing. Wow, what a, what a God we serve. So we're studying the very thought, a pattern of God. Remember, we're talking about him being a word. For in six days, the word yam in, in Hebrew, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and the rest of the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath, day and hallowed it. Uh, don't you let anybody talk you out of the fact that the earth was made and everything we see, including everything the Hubble sees, was made in six days. Six 24-hour days. There's no reason to believe any other reason. It was not made over millions and millions and millions and zillions, zillions and trillions and quadrillions. Come on. It just looks hokey to me that since I've been raised, since I've heard evolution talk, they keep making that thing longer and longer and longer. Here, The idea is if you add enough years to it, anything can happen. But that's not true. That doesn't even make sense, that does it? You could take the 747 parts, make all the parts 747, leave them in a pile. They're never going to assemble themselves quazillion years down the road. Kind of reminds me of our budget. Quazillion. And they're giving away money, printing money. The government sent me $2,400. That's a shame. I'm sick about that. And so I'm going to give it away. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend it on myself. It's stimulus money. We're not supposed to keep it. We're supposed to spend it. 
and spend it. Give it to the waitresses. Uh, give, give it to people that were been out of work. Help them. Give them a gospel tract with it, by the way. And, and uh, it's not your money anyway. The government gave it to you. It's a free gift. Of course, it's going to cost us in the end, you know. So number three, we see who being in the brightness of his glory. Who is this Jesus? Well, he's the effulgence. He's the effulgence. He's the outpouring. His glory, his dignity, his honor, his goodness, beauty, his attributes, expression, and image. He's the brightness of his glory. Uh, no man has seen God at any time. But Moses got to see the glory of God from the backside. He got to see the effulgence of it. You've never seen the sun. You've only seen the light, the glory of the sun. You haven't got down and really seen the sun. You're blinded by what you see so that you can't look past it. <clears throat> and what you see, you're not going to see the Father because all you're seeing is the sun, the brightness or effulgence of his glory. When we... When we get to heaven, what are you going to see? I've said this over and I'll preach on it. Jesus is the judge of all the earth, heaven and earth. That's what the Bible says. Jesus is the one with all authority. That's what the Bible says. Jesus is the creator of all that is, visible and invisible. That's what the Bible says. It makes sense to me that, you know, we may just see Jesus. Show us the Father, I'm him. And it, this seems to seem to nail this as you go down the road. He's the express image of his person, fourth attribute. Word picture means an exact copy, an impress. Uh, they are different, yet they're the same, exactly the same. An impress is a stamp, is exactly the same, yet it's different. It's, here, here it expresses the trinity or triunity of God. Uh, Christ, uh, God the Father is, is the same as God the Son, yet they're different. And so we, even though it's hard to maybe put your mind around, God is a spirit, and as a spirit, did not relate to us. Spirit doesn't relate to us. We're in the realm of flesh. Spirit's hard for us to grasp. Um, but Jesus became flesh, now communicates to us the God who longed to see us, to see, and he longed us, he longed for us to see him and to handle him and to touch him, and now we can do that through his son. Number five, upholding all things by the word of his power. Uh, you can, you can, pillow your head with the confidence that God's got this thing under control. I texted one of my favorite verses. I've texted to Neil and some other people out of Daniel where God says that, you know, he's taking care of things and he's putting up leaders, even of the base, is what bothers me, the basis of men. He puts his leadership. We've seen that, amen. I've seen that with my own eyes. Imagine the angels watching the passion of the Christ. Uh, Jesus, remember now, is the one who made them. The angels know Jesus for who he is. They've seen him in his glory. So here they are watching him in the Garden of Gethsemane three times. He goes out and throws himself on. Now, he's the one that made everything. He can speak, and it will happen. Whatever he says will take place. The biggest sweating the drops of blood, often people say, well, that was because of his anticipation of becoming the sin-bearer and the recipient of all the sin and then the punishment that inquired, incurred. And I think, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And another, but I also think that he was, he was, he was understanding the, the self-control that he had to have 
uh, through that whole process of being mocked and being beaten, the devil standing behind those guys, uh, probably making faces at him, uh, as, as all that was going on, the demons around there, uh, the angels around there, remember, you don't see them, but they're all there, and, and they're seeing these people. And he confesses to them. Now, he didn't confess to the Pharisees the whole time through the Gospels. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you from? Who are your father? They didn't want to tell him. But at the, at the trial, he says, you say that I am. He tells him, I'm him. God is my father, and you're going to see me coming in glory. Woo, they rip their clothes and say, what do we need witnesses for? We've finally heard with our own ears that this man claims to be God's son, which is deity. And so what should we do? Always worthy of blasphemy, death penalty. Of course, blasphemy was death penalty in the Old Testament. They take him to Pilate. Imagine the angels sitting there watching this going on going, wow. Wow. That's our Savior. It's been said, <clears throat> as the soldiers have so cruelly treated him, that the, maybe one of the angels, maybe Michael, maybe Gabriel, began to unsheath the sword a little bit, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And the sword got back in its sheath. Because that angel, that angel, I mean, it had to hurt them to watch that go on. This is their, this is their creator, and their God. And he saved those soldiers and all around him there by that little. Those are called the seven kisses of Calvary, seven sayings from the cross. Just one word, just one would change everything. One miracle of the passion is Christ's self-control. He intervened for the soldiers in the crowd. I, I, you say, you're making it up. I'm not. I'm not. That's the verse right there. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray my Father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. Not only took one angel to wipe them out. Now, a legion is anywhere, the typical Common, the common number for legions is about a thousand. Uh, they did vary in number a little bit, but just for our sake, we're going to say it that. So, twelve thousand angels. He could have called twelve thousand angels. I don't know who wrote that song, but I've always that's always stuck in my throat when we come to that verse. He could have called. 10,000 ain't, no, 12. It could have been 10. I don't know. The numbers vary a little bit. But does that bother you, preacher, when they're saying that? Does that bother you theologically? You could have called 10,000 angels. I'm thinking, he said 12 legions. Then who wrote that song? Nevertheless. He could have called, maybe the guy didn't know math well. But he could have called 12,000. So the Bible says he could have called 12 legions of angels any way you look at it. It wouldn't have taken that many. Let me ask you the question. If you're getting beat up like that, if you're getting mocked like that, if you're getting humiliated like that, stripped in public, what are you going to be tempted to do? That's why you didn't have any of us either, for sure. We'd have wiped them out, man. Number six, I'm going to get done with this. We had, uh, when he had by himself purged our sins, uh, which were so many, 
You remember Abraham, Genesis 21, 22, where 12-year-old Isaac, 12, 13-year-old Isaac says to his dad, we got the fire, we got the wood. Where, where, where's the sacrifice? Remember, he, remember Abraham put the wood on his son? Well, there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of symbolic power there. And 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 Isaac carried the wood that he was gonna lay on to burn. Die, to die on first. And Abraham's reply to him was supernatural. The Lord shall provide himself a sacrifice. Wow. Way back in 2166 B.C., he tells us there's going to be a crucifixion of his son. It's going to be on wood. The Lord shall provide himself a sacrifice. And that happened on the cross. Purged our sins. Purged. The word purged means expiated. I love the word. Washed, purified. We'd say bleached, white. Violations in all areas of our spirit, soul, and body will be purified and expiated. Our intellect, emotions, and will will be purified, expiated. Darker than could be imagined by us would be purified and expiated. You cannot think of some wickedness that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot cleanse. I had a stripper one time. She probably into pornography. You know, uh, pornography goes right along with all that stripping and, and, and hairstylists. Oh, hairstylists, a lot of them are the strippers in these clubs. And so uh, hair, when you get a hairstyle job, you get among a wild crowd of women. And so... This old girl looked at me with a, with, a, with a sense of sadness that I have rarely seen in anybody. And she says, I cannot be saved. I have done too many things unimaginable. I cannot, I'm too wicked. I looked at her and I, I, I like lit up. I thought, man, you're the one that Jesus died for. God can save you and make you not only forgiven, but as if you'd never sinned. Glory to God. Don't get me happy on that. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And this will finish with this. He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. This is his act and attribute of completion. You don't sit down till you finish the job. Lord said unto my Lord, sit down on my right hand until I make that enemy as thy footstool, written about a thousand BC. And Jesus, when he sat down on the right hand of the Father, it completed. It was complete. It's finished, was his cry. Satan and his angels are not under his authority entirely yet. Rebels and men and wicked are yet under his not yet under his authority. But when Jesus came positionally, he bought the legal authority over everything that had been given up by Adam. Remember, Adam was given authority over everything. He gave it up to the devil. Now Jesus came back, fulfilled the law, died on the cross, resurrected, 
purchased back that authority that Adam had lost, and now authority that Adam had lost had been given to Jesus, taken away from Satan. Satan and his power was destroyed. Glory to God. He's a toothless lion today. A clawless cat. Nothing more sad than a clawless cat. They got all the growl, but no scratch. Matthew 28, 18, of course, is there. So this is it. We'll stop there. So we'll pick this up. Christ was not an angel. We'll quick. By the way, we're going to pick up speed. But I just could not go through those seven attributes any faster than that. We're, we're going to just rip through the book. But, but we're not going to. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I tried to bring myself to it. Okay, I'm sorry. Father, thank you for the few minutes together. Thank you for the Lord Jesus and what he's given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, next- if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.